mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Wow! Welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. Why are you not being able to get through this broad, And we're joined by top London radio DJ and certified Japanophile, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, why am I laughing? I'm certainly looking like a top radio DJ compared to you, Sunshine, today. You I, can't get through the intro back without having a big giggle. I don't know why I'm laughing. Why am I happy? Because Abroad in Japan is over, you're releasing abroad videos about rock stars really and ominous. hotels and all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah. You're, you're on. You're in fine fettle, clearly. Maybe I'm happy because I had some fish and chips today. Yes, probably that. It was lovely. I went to this little town called Rye. I'm still in the UK. I went to this little town called uh, Rye in Kent. Had some fish and chips, and you There's know, a it made Rye me re- in the Isle of Wight. Is there? Yeah, and they're not that far away from each other. What's what that I about? like, it made me realise, like, walking around this old British town, you kind of really appreciate the architecture mm. of the UK. When you live in Japan, most buildings are like 30 years old because they're made out of wood. Yes, and. It's a shame. It means Japan isn't actually that beautiful when it comes to architecture. Mm. The image that a lot of us have, those nice roof-tiled houses out in the countryside, are often few and far between in big Mm. cities. A lot of corrugated iron. Yeah, it is. It is. (laughs) Japan is both not overly attractive, but also kind of cool. You know, if you're into cyberpunk, as I am, Mm. Tokyo, Osaka... A lot of neon. The cities, you can enjoy the chaos, and Mm. it's great. Mm. I'll do a job. Architectural rant over. <laughs> well, I'm glad you had your fish and chips. What did you have? What is your order? What's your usual order at the fish and chips? It's fish and chips, isn't it? Just fish and chips. Just fish and you chips. You don't have curry sauce. You don't have a pineapple no, fritter. Fish and chips. Not ba- it not begins and ends with fish and chips. No batter sausage. No. Why not? Trying to keep the weight. Um, my weight is not good. I don't think we've established this narrative. <laughs> I'm not fit at the moment. Right. So you're going I've around been, eating fish and chips in rye. Well, which is a whiskey. I want to eat some proper <laughs> fish and chips before I return to Japan. There's no, only one right. fish and chip shop in Tokyo that I know of that oh. does decent fish and chips. Actually, that's a lie. There's two. If you are going to Tokyo, ladies and gentlemen, mm. and you want to go to a decent British pub, yeah. that isn't Hub. Right. The most popular chain is obviously Hub. You You'll got see them when you said Hub everywhere. Hub. Well, I'm so excited by the concept of hub, <laughs> my voice broke. Um, but there's actually a better chain called Hobgoblin. All right. There's about Hobgoblin. three or four branches. There's one in Shibuya that right. I'm often in. Right. So if you go to Hobgoblin in Shibuya, odds Hobgoblin. are I'll be sitting alone in the corner drinking cider. Because it's also one of the only places that does cider. Cider, cider Walker's Crisps and Fish and Chips. Is that the one on the Love Hotel district and upper upper level? It certainly the... isn't. No. Oh. Nowhere near. There's an Irish bar um, near the Uniqlo. In fact, built into the same building as the Uniqlo. And weirdly, the <laughs> Get Hooters. some cheap clothes at Uniqlo, then go and get drunk in the Irish bar. And you pop to Hooters to watch the... <laughs> watch the food come out. I actually took a friend to Hooters because uh, it was the only thing open at the time in a place called Akasaka in Tokyo. Yeah. It wasn't very good. It was barely, it was practically empty. Right. Um, 
and it was just really awkward and uncomfortable. The fee wasn't great. It was Isn't overpriced. That what Didn't Hooters like is it. All about? Not going to Hooters ever again. I don't understand. I've never been to Hooters. There's only one. I think we spoke about this podcast before, but uh, there's only one Hooters, and it is in Nottingham, no, the uh, that used to be the murder capital of, of the UK. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't understand the premise. I don't understand how it's a family experience in America. I don't know how it's a family um, restaurant where all the family goes to well, and the dads just ogle large-chested <laughs> ladies. I don't I mean, understand. Not how that, that works. Provocative, right? I'm, I don't yeah, know. I, me- I don't want to no, get gunned men, down by men. people talking about <laughs> men. Will be men will make the uh, men would not need any provocation to make a woman's life uncomfortable. I don't want to get very clear. like. I don't want to get into a debate because I know some people won't like Hooters. Right. I went into Hooters with a girlfriend once, and they were <sighs> so angry at the concept of Hooters. Mm. I don't think it's that. Provocative, really. Right. I imagine it's a uh, the bit one in more Japan like is like is like bit made just, cafe. I it's guess. a little bit like a made cafe, but right. not that good. I actually, yeah, I wouldn't recommend Hooters in Japan. What I do recommend is Hobgoblin. Get the <laughs> right. cider, get the Walker's crisps, get the fish and chips. Big breasted Hobgoblins serving you drinks. <laughs> I'm afraid it's just a British person. <laughs> oh, who's no. a guy? Uh, but yeah, it's great. He's a guy in an izakaya. <laughs> <laughs> this oh, I'm week, feeling good. I'm feeling good. Yeah, because there's. One news story that I'm very excited about that involves flying cars. As a what? as somebody that absolutely loves Blade Runner mm-hmm. and is excited by the concept of flying cars, even yes. though I hate airplanes, right. uh, there's a nice bit of news coming up later on this show. But before that, uh, good news as well, I suppose, if you are someone who doesn't have black hair but goes to a school in Japan. Uh, Tokyo Public Schools will stop forcing students with non-black hair to dye it, official promises. Uh, So, basically, this might shock some people, but in Japan, if your hair isn't black, you have to dye it black, usually, in Mm. a school, to conform to the standards of a Japanese school. Uh, The problem arose, though, uh, in Osaka. Now, lots of Japanese people don't have naturally black hair it can mm. often be like a, a dark shade of brown or a light shade of brown um, and a, a, a girl I think who was in Osaka uh, was forced to dye her naturally brown hair black resulting in damage to her scalp and prompting a 2.2 million yen what? lawsuit which is only just $20,000 but that's still right. uh, a considerable amount of money yeah um, yeah. most people in, Japanese, in Japan do have naturally black hair um, so it's 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 an odd one, isn't it? It is an odd one. I th- I, I think their um, the hair is actually quite resilient to any bleaches or dyes. So I guess you have to use a fair bit of bleach to get it any lighter, uh, to, to to obviously um, colour it any other colour. But um, it seems I, I had no idea that if you had any other colour of hair apart from black, you had to. Dye so if you went to a Japanese school, you would you have to dye hair black? Um, if I have you, di- Pete Donaldson, in a Japanese public school, I have dyed my hair black. I've in dyed the past. my hair black as well. Have you really? Shockingly black, it was called on the box. I did it in my last year at high school. Mm. Shockingly black. I thought it would look cool. Mm. I looked like a fucking cartoon character, (laughs) literally Dennis the Menace, and I got bullied. It was awful. I had to shave my hair off. When I was uh, interviewing Anthony Kiddis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, uh, he clearly, um, he's clearly gone completely white, (laughs) and he dyes his little moustache, and if you're really close to him, you can really see the white hairs from his moustache coming through, and you're like, mate, that's that's just exhausting. (laughs) You can't just go white, crying out loud. It seems almost like a breach of human rights to have to dye your hair to a certain colour. Mm. I, mean, I can understand school rules. People don't want you walking around like bloody David Bowie, but I mean, still, it's uh, it's a little strange. I don't remember it? what it was like at school when I was a student. I mm. think you couldn't just walk in with like blue hair or green no. hair. You know, it had to be 
I think, once you, got, I think once you got to about uh, um, 16, you could kind of do what you wanted with your hair, but uh, yeah. Um, very, very strange. It is, but it's it's hopeful. If you're for the for those Japanese people uh, in Tokyo whose mm. hair isn't naturally black, yeah. there is hope that they'll know have they'll have to have to dye their hair. Um, <laughs> so that's exciting. That is that is exciting. I'd I'd really like some really dark dark black hair. So I've dyed I've dyed it black before. Uh, I've dyed it pillar box red. Pillar box pillar red. box red before as well uh, it didn't look quite as good but well it just means that you the problem with anything a bit garish maybe the technology's come on a bit but you bleach your hair which ruins it but you, the lovely ammonia smell just goes on and on um, and then you put the pillar box red um, colouring on it and it um, is very very um, uh, it just, every time you go to the um, shower just more of it comes out and you end up just staining your bath and your mum goes Peter we've spoken about this I don't need this in the grout but what better way to enjoy your red hair, <laughs> right. your pillow box red hair, yeah. than in a flying car? Right. Hovering steadily for a minute, <laughs> which is the headline. We're going to need more than that, uh, guys, I'm afraid. We're going to need more than a, a, hev- a steadily hovering car for one minute. So Japan is trying to push... Uh, flying cars. Japan's trying to stay ahead of the curb on this Push one. Push it into the sky. <laughs> Push it into the sky. They're trying to stay ahead of the curb, <coughs> get to the market early, mm. and develop a flying car. NEC, NEC, uh, mm. has developed a flying car. It flew for a whopping one minute, <laughs> an altitude of three metres. Wow. Uh, with its, I think, four propellers. Mm. Uh, nobody was in it. But nevertheless, it was a flying car for one minute. Right, OK. Um, they got won- very high, Three metres high. Three metres high. Mm. That's pretty... Impressive. It was held in a gigantic cage. Is it though? Because you see those. It was held in a cage so it didn't fly off and just chop someone's head off. <laughs> see you later, guys. <laughs> um, the um, I think it's. Have you not seen those um, Dubai cops that have those um, big drone sort of motorbike things? If they float around on what? those things, yeah. In Dubai. Yeah. Um, they're not very impressive. Dubai um, cop. What? Dubai cop little kind of motor flying motorcycles. What do you mean flying motor? They're what? already in use. No, they're it's not. flying motorcycles, honestly. They're floating around all over the gaff. It's incredible. <laughs> I, I think you're lying. <laughs> you must lying. be lying. They I'm can't not be fl- lying. How can they be flying police motorbikes, though? I don't know about They just are. They just are. They just are. I'm looking up straight after There was that guy who did um, who did the channel a few uh, weeks ago. Denbury flew um, across with the drone. I see, yeah, I remember yeah. seeing that, yeah. Well, he was... Oh, you mean like a hoverboard? Yeah, like a hoverboard. Oh, right, But he was... It's not flying Well, the police have like a... It's like a motorbike. It's like a flying motorbike. They've got little handles. But the guy did... I think it was Bastille Day. Obviously, there was loads of like, you know, flyovers and stuff and then he came out but for some reason he had an, like he had like a, an assault weapon I don't understand there was this shot of him flying around Paris with an assault weapon in his hands I'm not really sure why I don't know what he was doing very weird maybe I've just I've just I watched I looked at the BBC I think website this up and this is some sort of dream you've had Pete <laughs> all of this the even the flying cars the drawn man's coming to get me with his ear care but the Japanese government is, uh, is is really backing flying cars it wants to have them kind of a part of Japanese kind of transport infrastructure in the 2030s. Okay. So, not that far off. Um, they're creating, they're currently creating a huge test course for flying cars uh, in the Fukushima region, not too far from where I live. Right. And uh, so, that's quite exciting. Yeah, So That's is. a reason for me to go down to Fukushima. That could be a great video. Because <laughs> go down there and, like, test out a flying car. Because if, like, flying cars have been tested, it's not like they can really hide them, because they're flying in the sky. You can't hide it, <laughs> can you? I like the idea that... Um, I like the, is it like um, in Odaiba they had I can't remember what car company it was um, what's the big car companies in, uh, in Japan 
it was probably Toyota, you know. Uh, they had like a little test uh, circuit. You go around in little mini versions of their cars. Oh, cool. Adorable. Did you do it? No, because I do know have a driving license. Do you need a driver's license? I think for so. Like, yeah, oh. they're, pretty, they're pretty complex little. little Will machines. you need a driver's license for a flying car? Though? Yeah, maybe I'll take maybe I'll take my test in a flying car. <laughs> maybe that's what I'll do. Lovely old job. It'll it, be the last thing you ever do, Pete. That's the thing, though, isn't it? It's only going to take one to crash and burn, and they'll just they'll just absolutely do it, or they'll be like, yeah, forget it. Game over. Mm. Unless the big boys get involved. I think it's going to happen. Yeah, sooner or later. Given that uh, the US is trying to push it, Uber. Wants mm. to have operational flights in 2023, right? Okay, uh, and they're planning some demonstrator flights just next year. Yeah, so Uber's pushing it. Where did drive? Japan wants to keep up. Dubai mm. apparently already has flying police people. They do. I've seen them. Where, Fly, where? Flying police with magical hoverboards. Throwing sand all over the gap. I'm definitely checking this out. What? Um, what is the difference in reliability from the gyro, gyroscopic um, copter to a normal helicopter? Helicopters are very loud, mm. quite inefficient, right? Uh, expensive to maintain, I mean, and all of that. they require trained pilots. Right. I, These I, kind I'd of flying cars are somewhere in between. I'd they use electricity. Mm. Uh, I think they use, they use electricity primarily. Uh, well, they I'm don't just... go as high or as fast as helicopters. Mm. And they are going to be like Back to the Future. Crashy, crashy. I'm just, I'm just scared of the crashy, crashy. <laughs> I find your lack of faith disturbing. Crashy, crashy. In the future it's of only flying gonna vehicles. Take one. Crashy, I'm, I'm going to be the first one to get in Some one. Some shitty fly little lithium battery goes pop it a pop, and then crashy, crashy, and then cry, cry. Man on you saying, oh dear, we fucked this. Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> You will see in the future. Well, so, words, obviously, someone's uh, going to crash a flying the car. The boss of a Japanese um, flying car company, probably NEC, um, saying, I'm so sorry about the the, the, the crashy crashy. <laughs> we were being flashy flashy, yeah. and we became crashy crashy. I and we're sorry, sorry. I find your cynical viewpoint <laughs> on the future of flying cars. Well, I just don't trust, I don't trust people to fly on the... I d- believe d- in flying their cars. cars. Do you believe in flying cars, ladies and gentlemen? Mm. I hope so. Okay. We now turn our attention to the fax machine. Though. Today's sponsor, the flying car. <laughs> Actually, we'll hit the, next flying car. We'll hit the fax machine. We'll take an ad break. We'll be back. Is that all right? Yes. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
And to my surprise, I stumbled across a secret sexy club. Wow. Ah, one of Chris's sexy clubs there. We now turn to Leah from Melbourne, Australia. Hi, Chris and Pete. My partner and I went on a trip to Japan in November last year, and one of the places we visited was Takayama. We decided to hire bikes so we could get to all the sites in one day. Mm. We found this little bike shop owner uh, who... No, sorry, found this little bike shop owned by a very friendly old Japanese man who barely spoke a word of English. Okay. He attempted to have a conversation with us and we could kind of make out that he was asking us where we were from. We told him we were from Australia and then he smiled and and headed to one of the back rooms where he pulled out a family photo album and began to show us pictures of his trip to Australia in 1994, (laughs) pointing to koalas and kangaroos, laughing and smiling. He was so friendly, even though we could barely understand each other. My question is, do you find people in the rural areas are friendlier and more tolerant of tourists, or were we lucky enough just to find a sweet old Japanese man that loved Australians? Love the podcast, guys. You make my commute to work much more bearable. Lair from Australia. I mean, I would go to Japan way more if I lived in Australia. It would be so much fun. I just like this idea of they, they sort of said, we're from Australia. And the guy just went, <laughs> oh, 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 come with me. Wait until you see my koalas. Wait till you see my photos of koalas and kangaroos. <laughs> Stereotypes of Australia, the photo album. That is a nice story, though. That's that a great is a beautiful story. story. I've got I, a lot of time for that. I mean, I think you were just lucky to find somebody who had mm. been to your country, yeah. really. Um, but people in rural areas are friendly. Mm. They're a little bit shy at first, but if you just kind of talk to them, they'll, they'll, they'll talk back. Mm. I'm, I'm, that I'm sounds really patronising. <laughs> if you talk to them, them. they'll talk back. <laughs> uh, no, people in rural areas, especially in Tohoku, North Japan, where I live, mm. people are really shy. Right. Compared to Kagoshima, yes. where people are not shy. Um, yeah, they're really open. Yeah. Mm. Fukuoka's so, one of, if you're going to visit yeah, a city, yeah, Fukuoka's, Fukuoka's one of people my favourite, because people are lovely there. So it really depends on where you are. I think mm. if you're in South Japan, if you speak to a stranger, you're much more likely for the interaction to lead somewhere. Right. For them to like maybe take you out for drinks or show you around yep. like in the last podcast one of the last podcasts we did where we talked about kindness from strangers go mm. back and watch that if you've watched it go back and watch it I've always go relied. back and listen to it I've always relied on the kindness of strangers exactly. that is from I want to say Calamity Jane but yet you did it in the voice of Forrest Gump I've always relied on the kindness of, probably was Forrest Gump to be fair but people in yeah. Japan are, are kind of strangers uh, we did a whole podcast on that a few weeks back mm. go and listen to it and you can listen to lots of lovely stories that yeah. will warm I, your heart I saw a I think he was a Ukrainian man he was drunk and he <laughs> roared a giraffe that's a great start to any story <laughs> I saw a Ukrainian man that he was drunk climbed over the fence in a zoo uh, it's a wonderful viral video um, and he just hopped on the back of a giraffe who immediately did not want him on his back <laughs> so knocked him off and he had another go he had another climbing 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 and then again the, the giraffe went I'll let you sit on it but I ain't going anywhere and as soon as I'm going to go somewhere you're going right off buddy <laughs> and he got flung so uh, yeah don't try and ride a good giraffe um, but koalas uh, do whatever you want with them that's one takeaway from, from this week's podcast <laughs> exactly uh, Heather Bramwell yo Brammers what's going on uh, hi Chris and Pete as a very pathetic and non-threatening looking human. <laughs> us, us too, us too, Heather. Uh, I always worry when thinking of travelling alone somewhere that I'll be a prime target for being robbed slash scammed. Apart from the scams previously mentioned in the podcast, would you say that Japan is safe for people to travel alone in? Uh, love the podcast and the channel. Uh, keep the good work with both. Heather, yeah, you'd be fine. We always say oh, this. I think... Don't even uh, know why it's in this list. You're fine, mate. Don't worry about it. People definitely worry too much about things. Yeah, don't worry about I, it. Uh, 
It's, yeah, I mean, it's first of all, it's going to be fine, Heather. The the scam. We did talk about scams a few weeks back, a few months ago now, and. Um, yeah, scams are quite rare. Mm. A few and far between in Japan. It's just if you do get scammed, it's going to be quite costly. And usually the only place you do get scammed on a massive scale is Shinjuku in Tokyo. So exercise caution there. Other than that, Japan is incredibly safe. Really low crime rates. Uh, everyone is very nice and friendly, generally. I always, I always find that if you... Um, maybe Did, did I, we I hear mean, where she was from? Where a lot of the she? questions we get from in, on this podcast mm. uh, are people who are worried about travelling to yeah. Japan or just worried about doing anything. Could be teaching, could be travelling. Uh, I often can get anxious about various things, but yeah. you realise it's just you, your mind overthinking things, right? Well, especially because you... Because, like, I live If you, in, if you in, overthink something, yeah. you know, the anxiety takes over. Massively. You have to just leap. You have to just go for it. Into the it. unknown. Especially if you live in a city as well. Um, no matter what... If you live in a city and you go somewhere else, you will be fine. I live in London. I've been to, I don't know, Johannesburg and, like, a few Chinese um, cities and, you know, Taiwan and, you know, like, Malaysia. And um, the thing that you realise is that just nobody's asked about you. Nobody's Have you ever interested. had anything bad happen to you on any of your travels? Anything kind of dangerous? Literally only in Beijing when we went to a karaoke bar that we shouldn't have gone to because they just don't do karaoke there and uh, just some, it, just a scam. Lads right. came out, like, ten lads came out and went, we, gonna be, we are the Japanese triad, we are the Chinese triads, we're going to beat you up um, if you don't give us some money. And it's like, you just give them 80 quid and then you fuck off. Give them 80 quid yeah. and fuck off. <laughs> just give them 80 quid and fuck off. But yeah, I mean, Japan is one that easier... Tried to fight my way out, didn't manage it. <laughs> you just, a lot of them just pushed me on back onto my Some sort of bum. Kill Bill scenario. <laughs> Kill so, Donaldson. There were so many of them. Uh, yeah, honestly, I think you'll find Japan is one of the most wonderful countries to travel alone. I meet a lot of people who do travel around Japan alone. I'm always mm. a little bit envious because I think that'd be quite fun. Yeah. But I'm often so busy, I never get to travel that much alone. It's one of the things where I think I uh, I appreciate the weekends with people, but then in the in the week, I think it's a lot easier to travel alone because mm. nobody's going, I want to do this or I want to do this. And I was like, oh, I've already done that. I want to do my own thing. I want to go to... I don't know, Kamakura. Kamakura, in your mm. flying car. In my flying in car. In your flying car. Baby. John Wilson. Yo. Hi, Chris and Pete. So, my best friend and I went to Japan in the spring of 2017 and had a mm. blast. But while we were in Tokyo, an embarrassingly funny story happened. Oh. The bar has been raised. It's going to be an embarrassingly funny story. Mm. Uh, we checked into our hostel, spoke zero Japanese. When we got to our room, we saw two beds, a small desk and a closed door with some Japanese and a no-smoking symbol. So we assumed it was a boiler room or something. Right. Uh, four days passed and we hadn't showered and we went back to look uh, for a public shared bath. It was a hostel after all. We found none and it never occurred to us to actually ask the staff. So like the idiots we were, we travelled to the outskirts of Tokyo to this public bathhouse where no one, no one spoke English and we did everything wrong. We were so nervous when we walked in, we walked on tatami mats with our shoes on. Oh, no. The poor elderly Japanese lady rightfully started freaking out and then attempted to explain how Japanese bathhouses work without speaking English to two idiot American tourists. We had our bath and the people could not have been kinder or more helpful. As a point here I'd like to make is the only time I've ever seen a Japanese person angry, ever, mm was when my friend wore his shoes into a Japanese public bathhouse in Kyoto. Right, okay, she, yeah. the, the old woman who was kind of sitting quietly behind the counter leapt up and nearly ripped his head off. So <laughs> take your shoes off if you go in a public bathhouse. Mm. The story continues, however. Uh, we left the public bathhouse and headed back to our hostel. When we got back, I thought I would ask if there was a public bath in the hostel. And the man said, should be in room. I thought, wait, <laughs> wait, the door! 
So I went up to my room and sure enough, the closed door with there's no smoking sign led to a bathroom with a toilet bath and everything. My friend and I were so ashamed of our stupidity that we didn't do anything for the rest of the day but wallow in our shame and regret. Thank you, love the podcast. Sincerely, John Wilson. John Wilson, that few, is the most ridiculous story I've ever heard. A few questions on that one, John. <laughs> you booked a hotel, a hotel room, went in and then ignored the door leading into the bathroom. Right, yeah, exactly. So, for um, no real reason right, other than we, there being a no smoking four sign. Four days past. That's so odd. Four days past and we hadn't showered. <laughs> Weird. But for also, four days? For four days. Let's discuss this further. For four days, John. But you, more importantly... You didn't open the door leading quite clearly to the bathroom in your room. You where sort of stood there you, going, where can the toilet and the bath <laughs> possibly be? Where did you do your piddles? Well... Out the window. Well, yeah, exactly. So, like, <laughs> would, would you not assume that there'd be a top? I'm just, I'm baffled, John, to be honest. Yeah. Flabbergasted. Have a shower, mate. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the most bizarre stories. Very bizarre. Sorry, uh, John, but that it is, is pretty embarrassingly mad. funny, though. The moral of the story here, though, ladies and gentlemen, is if you Check are in door. a hotel, always open the door. Yeah. In the room to your bathroom. And know your fire exits. quite obviously a, as well. a door to your bathroom. Know where your rope ladders are, for crying out loud. <laughs> a valuable um, lesson there learned. That's actually, not, that's actually not a bad uh, thing to sort of say. If you are travelling alone and you are a woman, um, in a lot of countries they recommend that you don't, um, that you aren't on the um, ground floor if you can possibly manage it, because people can break in and shit. Yeah. So, they, so you try and go a couple of floors up. But any more than that, in some. In some countries, the fire regs aren't what they are in EU member states, etc. Um, so uh, you got to watch out for that as well. But luckily, Japan being an earthquake um, zone, uh, all of their buildings have a lot of re- pretty decent and quite ingenious fire escape uh, uh, You say that, but Those that's not entirely accurate. Uh, I, I was in a like 20 stories up a hotel once when right. there was a fire alarm at flipping 4am in the morning. Right. And I was like, oh, how are we going to get down? And there was like a crowded staircase that took about 35 minutes to get down. <laughs> By which point, luckily there wasn't really a proper fire. It was like someone accidentally hit hit the fire, right. smoke alarm thing, and knocked all the whole, triggered the whole hotel. If there had been a fire, I would have been barbecue Chris in about four <laughs> minutes. Um, it was awful. So well, it really did shake, it kind of shook my faith mm. in not only staying in skyscrapers and hotels, <laughs> uh, but the kind of fire regulations and... Yeah. Well, I mean, you do eat a lot of um, uh, hot plate meat, so, you know. On the upside, though, I did have a hotel room, and I knew where the bathroom was. It was behind the door in my room. <laughs> just check so the doors. if you're in Japan and you don't know where your bathroom is, just check the, the bathroom. John. It comes John, with every John, hotel John. room. Hello, Tim. Tim. Hi, Cousin Beat. I'm a huge fan of the podcast, and I have a keen interest in Japanese culture. I just thought I'd let you know that my friends and I love listening to your podcast in the car. Yes. Hello. Uh, we're currently driving from Bath to, uh, the Bath in the UK uh, to Mongolia as part of the Ooh. Mongol Rally. Uh, which is basically where you buy a crap car under £1,000 and drive it all the way to Mongolia. There's some fantastic rides in these uh, things. They really are. Uh, I am to raise charity for uh, raise money for a charity called Cool Earth and a charity of your choice. Um, your uh, podcast has helped us so far through the storms and heat waves, and I just wanted to say thanks for the awesome work you do. If you don't believe us, our Instagram is uh, Mongolia Rally 2019 and here's a link to our live tracker. By the time you read this, we may or may not have already reached Mongolia, but I thought I'd uh, send a quick email anyway. I think it's a time of compiling I, yes, email. Yes, I looked up, I looked up uh, where Tim is, and right. he's in Azerbaijan. He's got quite far, then. He's done well. Decent. What a Decent. great way to enjoy the Abroad Japan podcast, whilst in driving Baku. from the UK to Mongolia in a crappy car for under £1,000. <laughs> Baku, Baku. Awesome. I'm actually quite jealous. I'd love to do that. 
I reckon We'd nowadays... We'd like Natsuki as the driver. <laughs> cigarette in one hand, cigarette, steering wheel in the other, cigarette adventure burns. in the other. He would, um, he'd be smoking on garage forecourts. It would be in a situation... <laughs> imagine him sort of dealing with, like, I don't know, the border of... Well, like, Azerbaijan or, um, or like, Ukraine, like, border love patrol. It. Border patrol guards or something. What could possibly go wrong? Oh, cool customer. Best um, of luck, Tim. And if you do mm. want to check out where Tim is, uh, Mongolia Rally 2019 on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, exciting. See getting on. That is all for now, though, guys. Yeah, Keep baby. your stories, comments, questions coming in to Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back same time next Wednesday to do it all over again. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world have yourself a great week and we'll see you next Wednesday bye bye because it's a podcast what because it's a podcast you won't be able to see it Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com